The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leave Show. We are back hot off the heels of the first and second place teams in the National Hockey League going toe-to-toe on Hockey Night in Canada. What's your main takeaway from watching? This is kind of like a a delayed post-game show that we're doing. What's your main takeaway from watching the Boston Bruins? Well, first of all, I just... I love the games where you can just be put back into being a diehard leafer. Yes. And yes. there's only a handful of teams that make you feel that way. And and we're at a point with this team, and it's a good thing. This is no complaint. But the reality is we're at a point with this team where they're, they're set. Like, barring some sort of disaster, let's knock on wood on that, but they're playing Tampa in the first round. So you're kind of playing out the stretch which, to your point, is what made Saturday night so fun. Was yeah, this is like this is a measuring stick game. Yeah, yeah, Tampa, Boston, and then they have some good chemistry with some of the Canadian teams like the Winnipeg and, and Edmonton. But what I the, the number one thing that stuck out to me during that hockey game against the Bruins, and I thought both teams played pretty well. I thought it was a pretty even game. I thought, but. The number one thing is I don't think the Leafs have a matchup for Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand when they're on the ice together. I don't think Martyr, Matthews, Bunting, Matthews, Nylander, Bunting, Tavares, Marner, whoever can match up against that line. That line is so good in the offensive zone, and they're so good at transitioning the puck, and they're so good at finding each other like they just get open and they find each other. And I just don't think when it comes down to it that the Leafs have a matchup for that because that last goal in the third period, even though they weren't on the ice for that goal, the shift before that Matthews, Marner and Bunting were completely hemmed in the D zone for, for a minute. And it just, it just created all the momentum and, and like how many chances did Marchand have to score last night? And like that line is just unbelievable. That was my biggest takeaway. The, this is not your Zdeno, Chara, Chara, big, bad, mean, run you out of the ring Bruins anymore. This is a like a fast, skilled, my God, they are so efficient. Like to your, your exact point, they are so efficient in the offensive zone. They get that puck down below uh, the goal line and it is like... Oh my God, the amount of times that it would start at the point and they would ring it around to the other side and they still have, and they just move with such speed and efficiency and the Leafs are running around. And like you said, I don't think the Leafs played bad at all. I think the Leafs held, like hung in there with them all night. But yes, you see why this team is on a historic pace because they are just, my God. Yeah, the way they move the puck around, it's not even just like the speed they skate, it's how fast. Fast, they move the puck, which I think is something the Leafs sometimes struggle with. Is the Leafs are a fantastic transition hockey team. Like they they can go from the D zone to the O zone very quickly and create chances. But when it comes to 
having the puck in the ozone and you're cycling around and you're moving it around and guys are trying to get open. I find the Leafs kind of struggle sometimes and they get a little stagnant with that with the, but with the Bruins, they just, it's like, they were just, they just know what to do. They they're, they're so good at positioning themselves to get open in the ozone. And I saw so many times last night where the third forward for the Bruins would slip open and then they'd find him and get a good chance on Murray. So they're a damn good hockey team, and their defense is fast too. It's not even their forwards; their defense is fast. A lot of like they had, uh, they had like Andrew Raycroft on like five ninety and ten fifty, who's an analyst for the Bruins, and people and people are like, what is it with this team? Like, why why are they on this historic pace? And he's just like, everyone's bought in, and everyone is like just like pulling in the same direction. And you like, that sounds cliche. Like when you hear him say that, you're like, yeah, that's what everybody says. But then you watch and you're like, oh no, they're like, he's yes. This team is everybody is on the same wave They're They come at you at your, your point. Every line just comes at you in the offensive zone. This is like five minutes here of you and me sitting gushing about the Boston Bruins, but it is, it's so impressive. It's just mo- like per- Patrice Bergeron, like, I don't want to say he's underrated, but I think in 20 years from now, when all this, this generation is retired, you'll look back. He, he on, might yeah. not have the stats to, to show that he scored 500, 600 goals, but I, holy shit. He's, uh, he's one of the best hockey players to ever in this generation, for sure. Like he is unbelievable. If Matthews and Marner can, cannot, I mean, Matthews and Tavares cannot match up on a shift to shift basis with this guy because he can score just as well as they can and move the puck, but in his own end, like he's just, and his face off ability, he's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, he's ridiculous. He's so good. He's he such is. a likable guy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's what, that's what, like, I'm watching last night. That's what I mean when I say they're not the big, mean Chera Bruins anymore because I'm, and I'm like, I can't, because the Bruins are a team. Like, I was texting you last night. That music just lives in my head, man. Kerncraft 400. Oh, that every time they score, I hear that in my nightmares, dude. That is like every time they score and that building just goes off and you just see the deer in the headlights down the leaf bench. It's like, how many times in my life have I seen this exact scenario? I thought, uh, I forget if it was Chris Cuthbert or Craig Simpson made a really good point during the broadcast that a lot of visiting arenas that the Leafs walk into, there's a lot of blue jerseys. That arena, there's no blue jerseys. Yeah. It's all Bruins fans, and you can really feel it. Like yep. it, it hit. Oh. That's why you know what I asked you a couple that weeks horn, ago. Like goal oh, yeah. horn. Oh yeah, oh. I asked you a couple weeks ago who would you rather play in the first round, and I said I would rather play Tampa because I just I'm I'm terrified of that building. I'm terrified yeah, of that, as, as we all should be. But I, I mean, I don't want to get too negative on the Leafs. I thought. There was parts of their game that that could be better. I thought the goaltending was okay. Could have been better. Oh, but- dude, Matt Murray. Matt Murray makes that huge save. Th- that's a completely different game if Matt Murray doesn't make that huge save um, right off the bat. Yeah, and I, I thought I thought everyone was pretty was pretty good. I but I, I watched them against the Bruins, and we've been talking about what the Leafs need to add. And when I watch them play the Boston Bruins, it, it makes me think that they need a forward and a defenseman because I thought. Justin Hole and Mark Giordano look overwhelmed. I Con- thought Connor Timmins. Connor Timmins had, had a rough bad night. night. Yeah, yeah. Morgan Riley hasn't been playing his best hockey no. since he's come back. Okay. And, and another thing, another thing about Morgan Riley too is, can we find a partner for this guy? 
Like he plays I, with somebody different every you, single night. So, and but I do want to mention that I thought Timothy Lilligren had one of the best games yes. he's ever played. Timothy in his Lilligren, career. like I'm, I'm watching last night, and some Leaf player goes and and rubs some Boston guy out on the boards and takes his man. I'm like, who's that? I'm like, that's Timothy Lilligren. Yeah, a hell of a hockey yeah. game. I thought Sandine was pretty good too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Morgan Riley. He's getting a lot of, of, of flack on Twitter. I'm noticing of people who are like, really like, Oh, there's Morgan Riley on the, on the ice for another goal. Oh, there's Morgan Riley on the ice for another goal. And I've been pretty vocal about, I find Morgan Riley frustrating to watch sometimes. And he's, I think the world of the guy as a person, he was my pick a few years ago when it was like, who's going to be the captain? Who's going to be the captain? I was like, Morgan Riley, we drafted him. He's a leader, like put it on him. Like, I think the world of the guy, you made a great point last night. Cause I texted you and I said, you know, I, I, I called him a riverboat gambler. Cause he does, he takes huge chances. And you said, Maybe he's at a point in his career where he does need to adjust the way he plays a little bit and not take so many risks because he's minus three last night. So, and you're right. Part of it is the partner. Like, Connor Timmons had, had a rough night. But I don't know, man. Like, he... We need... We can't have him doing this. Like, you can, we can't get into a playoff series and he's cheating for off. Because another thing, too... The offense isn't coming. Yeah, that that's that's the yes. problem. It's, yes, I I feel well, he hasn't scored in thirty something games, and I feel like it's just really weighing on him. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter, man. Like just he's a good enough defenseman where just him moving the puck with his speed is going to get him some apples. Like he's going to get apples no matter what. Like he hasn't scored. I really want him to get that goal because I feel like it's really weighing on him, but. The thing that will always make you feel good about Morgan Riley is he's always going to be able to skate with the best of them. Yeah, no, listen, you're you're but, right though. You're like, but it's but he the offense like even when he's coming in and he has offensive opportunities, like he's he's missing the net. Yeah. He's, he's just not crisp, and maybe he just needs to focus on his own position for a bit before he gets back to to the way he was a couple of years ago, where where he had twenty close to twenty goals and he had like seventy points. Maybe he's not that guy anymore. Maybe it is. But for now, if it's not coming, maybe he should just kind of focus on playing his position the best he possibly can without jumping in as much. When he was on the shelf a few weeks ago, we talked pr pretty much exclusively the entire time he was injured about, wow, this team is playing so well defensively. Wow, Keith has them bought into playing a system. Wow. And then... Riley comes back and he comes back with his game, which is like, like I said, riverboat gambler che cheating for offense. And, and it's, it's no, I just don't think it's a coincidence that since he's come back, they're giving up better scoring chances when he's on the ice. He's not it. Cause it's not his game to like lock down and play that sound defensive stru structure and focus solely on that. But it might be time to, like you said, it might be time to, because it's just, Come on, man. You're right. And if he was going in and, and was being effective in the offensive zone, like there is nothing that drives me nuts than when drives me more nuts than when he gets it back at the point and wires it, Harry Kane's it 20 feet over the net. Like, or, what or, are we doing? Yeah. 
Or when he's streaking it. I even this goes for any player. When someone's streaking into the ozone and they shoot and they miss the net, it hits off the glass and it's basically just a breakout pass for the other team and it's out of the zone and it's just yeah, he's just he just doesn't look that crisp offensively. So I I don't know. It, it's it's it, it, a couple got to figure it out. A couple more things uh, from me. Matt Murray's the guy. It's very clear he's the guy. He he was excellent against Nashville earlier in the week. I thought he was excellent again last night. There was a okay, he a couple of them he would want back, but he made a couple of saves that like that game would have gotten away from them if he didn't make those saves. I'm here to tell you that Ilya Samsonov's job for the the rest of the way here is to help carry the load to keep Matt Murray healthy in the playoffs. I saw an interesting uh, thing on Twitter last night that I wanted to tell you because you were always like a Freddie Anderson defender and you were always like, this guy's don't take for granted that when this guy's on his game, he's a really solid goalie. Someone said last night, both on their game, like if they're both playing at the top of their game, Matt Murray makes me feel better than Freddie Anderson did. How do you feel about that comment? I almost kind of just forget, you know, like I, it's hard to say. I, I don't, I thought Matt Murray made me nervous all night. I, I thought after the the first goal, there's nothing he could do about it. But after the five hole with Pasternak, I started getting nervous. Okay. After so that. you don't agree with I, me. I that think, he yeah, I don't, solid. I don't think he's the number one. I think game one, he's starting, yeah. but I, I'm, this guy is a quick hook for me, man. Like, I, I don't think the other goalie has been any worse than, than Matt Murray. Like, you know, I think Eli Samson have had a tough stretch, but I think they've been pretty equal this season in terms of performance. And I don't know. I, I, I think Matt Murray is, does not make me fully comfortable. Like I, I no, not interesting. Neither goalie really makes me fully comfortable to be honest with you. And I've been praising the goaltending all year, but I don't know. It's just, they're, they're, it's a kind of because they're not number one guys. And be, it's almost like they've been playing all year, but I still, don't really know what I'm getting out of them every single night. If that makes sense. Like, I just don't know. Like, what are you going to get for Matt Murray in game one? Like, I don't know. Hopefully he's, hopefully you get some, some of what you saw last night against the Bruins. Like he, you need, you need those. I'm telling you, man, he's like capable. If for he, sure. if he doesn't make that big save, like two minutes in like that, that's a completely different hockey. I'll say that Linus Allmark made like, Five ten bellers. You, yeah, but you you said it last night. And I totally agree with you. It's like, of course, the Loser. Bruins just fall yeah. into some guy, Linus Allmark. Like nothing against Linus Allmark, but like, who the hell is L- Linus Allmark? He's been an and then this series, just the greatest goalie who's ever put the pads on. Yeah, like, but I, I just want to say this though. It's it's the game was the game. I thought the Leafs had a good road game. It could have gone either way. But at the end of the day, they they gave up the goal with, with two minutes left. They they fell us. They I thought that third period, they they were um, incredible. They were physical. I thought they were taking the play to the Bruins the entire period. And then they just fell asleep with and two the, minutes. The it Bruin. kind of looked like the old Leafs. Yeah. Like it was it was just two minutes of them falling asleep. Well, and it's going to be, it's the same thing with Tampa where it's like these, these teams, these elite teams that are in your division that you're going to play in the playoffs. 
if you if you fall asleep for two minutes, yeah, it's going in the net. And it sucked because I just thought, like, I thought, like, didn't they out hit the Bruins last night? Like, I'm pretty sure that was the first game where they like out hit another team. No, the Bruins oh, had no. 35. Okay, the Leafs well, yeah, had 26. They, they must have come back. I, well, for a, ma- a large portion of that game, the Leafs were leading in hits, and I thought in the third period they were doing an excellent job of being physical, and then. The Matthews line just got out there with the Bergeron line and they got hemmed in and that was it. And like just the momentum completely changed. They also didn't get enough shots on goal last night either. I thought, I thought they could have fired more shots, but whatever. It's a regular season game. Let's not get too upset about it, but it is. They still did take the L in a, in a very leafy Heart, way. Leafy way. Yeah, yeah, so leafy I don't know. Way. That's so, like if that happens in a game 7 where you're going toe to toe like felt, that, it felt like a playoff yeah, game. That happens in a game 7 where you're going toe to toe like that and then under 2 minutes left they just score and win the game and I have to listen to that song all night in my nightmares. Oh my god. Austin Matthews sits out two games this week with a a a lingering injury but clearly not something that is like too serious. You texted me multiple times this week and said they need to pay Austin Matthews whatever he wants. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it, like where do you think he's at? Do you think he it just wants to like really sit down and think about if he wants to leave this team or do you, like it, I'm more in the camp of that? I think he just wants his big contract. Yes, and and he'll stay in Toronto if he gets his big contract. And after what I saw, it, it's it's really gonna tell you the kind of. Like, like what he wants, basically. Because if he says, you know what, I'm leaving, this guy is already, I've said it numerous times, this guy's already considered the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time in his young career. He has the chance, like, if, if they, like, how many times have we talked about this in our life? If they win here, like, I know we're like, this team has cup aspirations, this team has cup aspirations, and they do. Let's be honest, okay? If they win a round, there will be parades in the streets. I will, I will be yes. so happy. Yes. And I think, and I got to be honest, I, I've come around on this theory. I think MLSE is playing with fire by potentially letting Kyle Dubas go. Kyle Dubas, I'm going to come out and say, we talked about it with Kevin Mickey the other day. Kyle Dubas deserves a contract extension. Sorry, like this is the number two ranked team in the NHL. They've had, aside from the first like week and a half, two weeks, they've had like an incredible season again. They're going to finish at the top of the division again. A huge reason why uh, the the playoff success is so tough, particularly last year, is they're in this murderer's row of a division, and they're they're going to get a they're going to get Tampa in the first round. So. I think they deserve a contract. I think he deserves a contract extension. If you let him go and somebody else comes in here, I was thinking about that last night. Somebody else comes in here and blows this up. Like, who's to say that that's gonna that's gonna work out? I, I, the last thing I want anyone to say is blow up. Yeah, exactly. Like, I no oh, trades I, a, trades a piece. Yeah, I think anyway. I, full circle. What I'm trying to say. A very long winded way of trying to say. I think they're playing with fire with Matthews. Like all counts is that Matthews and Dubas have a great relationship. He really likes Kyle Dubas. I think a young guy like Matthews likes being in a position where they have a, a younger guy like Dubas running the team. I think it's like, that's a good look for him. Like, could you imagine if they had like, I don't know, like, like 
pick a GM. <laughs> like, like pick pick a GM. But like, I don't know. Yeah. There's some good GMs out there though. Like, there's like I mean, there's, there's a stalwarts like Doug Armstrong. Yeah, and- like 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 Ronnie Hextall or something. Like like no. The only guy, if you told me that we're gonna let Kyle Dubis go because we have it like guaranteed locked up that we can get either Julian Breezebois or Steve Eiserman. I'd listen to you. Okay. But other than that, no, like don't do it. Don't do it. Austin, Matt, the Leafs actually have like a pretty good record without Austin Matthews in the lineup over the years. I'm pretty sure they're like 31, 16 and two watching is, the game without but, him. But I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Like I, you got to pay this guy, whatever he wants. Like just, that Nash, the Nashville Predators are a very physical team, and I think if you amalgamated the the Predators and the Leafs, it would create a super team. But they can't score goals, so they they snuck out of that one. But then they go against they they play Detroit, and they were they were terrible, and they just had no spark. And I'm just watching, being like, I do believe at some point they're going to have to make a decision on who they want to keep between. Marner and Nylander. Marner and Nylander. I feel like maybe that's the thing. John Tavares, like that contract needs to end. I love John Tavares, but especially you're watching him in that Bruin game. And it's like, you, you just, you're just not, you're just not that guy. You know, like you're just not that guy who we can rely on to just like, you know, like you're not an $11 million player as, as we've said year after year on this podcast. And I, I'm rooting for him to do well, but I say screw all the future decisions. You just do what you need to do to make sure Austin Matthews is getting paid what he needs to get paid to stay at Toronto Maple Leaf for life. And I don't care what any old boomer has to say about winning. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't done anything. It's you need this guy to be your franchise piece until he retires. In my opinion, like watching them without him and just like, like he just needs to be the centerpiece to this franchise forever, or else I'm going to be very upset. Patrice Bergeron is 37. John Tavares is 32. Patrice Bergeron looks like a 24-year-old skating next to John Tavares. Yeah, he's making a lot less money, too. Yeah, and it's like, it, uh, that's your point. Like, if you look at those guys, those guys are, uh, could, like, on paper, they're comparables, right? Bergeron and Tavares, they're kind of from the same era, they're on those same, those Team Canada gold medal teams. But, yeah, man, like, it's, yeah. yeah it's, I, 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 but you don't have to make a decision on, like, John Tavares at the end of his contract's probably going to retire. Do you think? Yes. I don't think John Tavares at the end of his contract is going to go, I want to sign another five-year deal. Like, and, and if he does, the only way he's staying here is if he takes a monster pay cut. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest pay cut in NHL history. So I don't think, I don't think he, how many years does he have left on his deal? Let's take a look. He has two more years after this one at 11 million. So he's, a, he's under contract until the 24, 25 season. Be interesting to see what Boston does with David Pasternak though. Like that, it's going to be very interesting to see the number he signs at after this season because, like, he, he's like he's an unbelievable hockey player. Like, he scores just as well as anybody. And the Bruins are, are a team that aren't, they don't hand out big contracts. Could William Nylander get to that level? No, no, no. He, he David Pasternak has been at that level 
for a long time. Nylander's just starting to maybe get to that level, but I don't think he'll ever be as good as his other 88. Yeah. You know, it's just David Pasternak. He's just, yeah, he's, he scores just as well as Austin Matthews does, you know, like he's just, Nylander could live in the dream world all he wants that he's his comparable, but he's not. David Pasternak is a more, is a better hockey player than William Nylander. Yeah. I just think I'm with you on, they, they got a long, yeah. Long story short, they just need to resign. Austin do whatever Matthews. they need to do to make sure that Austin Matthews yep. is wearing a Maple Leaf uniform for life. And I think playing like messing with Dubas is, is playing with fire with that. And I think like you made the, the point about, I think at some point they're going to have to decide what they want to do with Nylander and Marner, but that's not because of the money. That's because I just think that as long as you have Matthews and one of those guys, like you're, you're going to be a competitive hockey team. You're going to always be in the mix to, to make the playoffs. I just think at some point you're going to have to change up the, the, the culture of this team a bit. You can keep Kyle around, but Kyle can't keep throwing out small, soft hockey teams. Like, I feel like at some point they're, they're just going to have to find somebody to replace one of those guys who can bring something a little bit different than what they can bring. Well, you're, you're watching, um, we're watching the game last night and Pierre Engvall, Eric Lindros. Yeah. Like, and you, you, you and Kevin Mickey blew my mind the other day when you're like, the type of winger that we're looking for is Pierre Engvall. Pierre Engvall played like he's six five. Yeah, and then you watch him last night. Dude, and it's he like just grabbed what, the puck. Yeah, yeah he looks like Pavel Bure. Yeah, I know. Uh, like, like he could be if he just. Some guys just don't have it in, yeah, in them, yeah, though, I man. Know. Like some guys just don't have, it. and he seems like one of those guys. Like he, I. I don't pretend to know Pierre Engvall personally, but like he seems like like a gentle giant type, yeah. right? And but it's just like man, he really like, put on those jets. Yeah. Like he he flew like, it's like you know what do we got to do? What makes Pierre mad? <laughs> and then just go up to him at the beginning of every game and do that. Like what really pisses Pierre Engvall off? Oh, that was a nice little. That was a nice goal. Though. Yes, that was a, that was a very yes. nice goal. Oh man, can I just can I just say something? The Bruins last night are rocking the meth bear unis. And whose idea was it to create... This is where the NHL just drives me nuts. Whose idea was it to create the greatest Maple Leaf jersey of all time in this year's reverse retro? And then just go, eh, we're only going to wear it twice. I don't know. I'm wondering it's if very they, non-NBA of them. That's what I'm this is where the NHL drives me nuts. Like, why, why can't they why can't the Leafs have like four different jerseys? Like, why can't every team have four different jerseys? Why can't the Bruins wear the black and gold meth bear unis and then the Leafs go in there with the blue and have that like why yeah, can't we do like, that? But but every time I watch a saber highlight, they're wearing the old school. They, like they've worn it probably like six or seven times. Do you think maybe the Leafs, uh, uh, my theory is I think the Leafs probably have some sort of deal with Bieber and like that's their, that Jersey is their quote unquote third Jersey this year. And then they had to do a reverse retro because the league is doing it. But they're like, I also think that Brendan Shanahan, when he came in here, just kind of prioritized like tradition. He changed the logo and this is going to be, we want like front and center. I think he kind of got rid of that whole like he just wants it like classic Leafs attire all the time. Well, you know what? Then Brendan, don't go and create the greatest uniform I've ever seen in my life. 
and tease us with it in a ge- in a Thursday night game against San Jose. Those Sabres, Black Unis, and the Capitals, yeah. Black Unis are nice. Oh, yeah, they. I forgot how there's how a couple nice though jerseys. There's were. a couple really nice reverse retro unis this year. Like there's the I, even though everyone makes fun of the meth bear, I love the 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 Bruins ones they yeah, had that on was last a, night. Yeah, it was great. You know? Yeah, and they've got the classic old school gloves. Oh my god, it's so Seeing good. Seeing Ovi score a hat trick in those black like, with the old the capital yeah. on it. <laughs> know, it's so good. That that is epic. Yeah, that so looks good. really good. Yeah, I love the I think the Red Wings have a really nice one too, like with the black and then it just says Detroit across the front. Oh my god, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Let's look ahead here, shall we? Who we got who we got this week, Ryan? Who's the who the Leafs got this week? Let's take a look here. I wish I could remember, but the I Florida don't. Panthers on Tuesday, January 17th. The inexplicably bad Florida Panthers. Yeah, they're not good. President's Trophy winners last year. And now, and then they go and get Matthew Kachuk. And you're like, okay, this is this. He's having a great year, yeah. by the way. Like he he's his point production is not tailed off at all in a Panther uniform, just didn't they give up some D like I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I'm a Florida Panthers expert I really could care less if they're an NHL franchise or not but I'm pretty sure they gave up a bunch of defensemen and they've kind of they've kind of gone downhill a little bit oh there there's the Winnipeg Jets the Winnipeg Jets on Thursday that's another team that brings it oh there's a couple teams and then the Habs yeah and then the Habs on hockey day in Canada yeah next uh next Saturday I mean two regulation losses in a row they got a it doesn't seem like a big deal. Like they they were due for some losses because they were going on such a good run. But if you look at the standings, you look at Tampa, like you gotta, I mean, you can't afford too many losses in a row. So yeah. they better get back on track against the shitty Florida Panthers. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The jets, the, the, oh, yeah. the games against Pierre the Winnipeg Luke Dubois. Yeah, are always, always, always must yeah. watch. Yeah. All right, buddy, let's get out of here. We'll be back at some point during the week to discuss this. Yeah. Anything else? No. No. Just uh, another heartbreaking loss and need to start stringing together some W's all over again. Thanks so much for checking us out, everyone. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.